0: Screw it. Screw it. We're We're just just going to talk about about Spider-Man.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. And in case the title wasn't a giveaway, that's what we're going to do in this podcast, talk about Spider-Man. I am one of your co-hosts. My name's Will Hines. I'm the other one. I'm also the brother of that first
0: one. My name's Kevin Hines.
1: Yep. We're both equal hosts. Neither of us have seniority over the other one. Don't make us set up a hierarchy. Unless it's by
0: age. In which case I am. Or who's been reading a Spider-Man, who read Spider-Man first. That's also me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's also you. But then who's read more Spider-Man total? That'd be me. By a lot. And like, uh, who's just sort of like... Like slicker,
1: <laughs>
0: I guess. I guess you. <laughs> I mean, is slick good? Like, are you like a used car salesman? I mean, that's uh, subjective. <laughs> it's up to you whether you think slick is good or not.
1: Oh, here comes slick Kevin, little oily salesman. Kevin Hines, you come up like with a grease paint mustache. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Care for some Spider Man recommendations? Uh, anyway. Uh, listen, we, on this podcast, we, we um talk about old Spider-Man comics, the original run that was done by the original creative team of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Uh, we are up to issue 18, which is, I am so excited for this issue,
0: Kevin. It's a great issue. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this last week because we were so excited. Yeah. And I, I still think of this as the middle part of a three-issue arc and the best part of this three-issue arc. It's this one issue, of the best issues of the original Spider-Man. This issue feels like almost a more modern comic even. Yeah. Uh, which I think I'll talk about more when we get to the end of it. But like uh, Stanley sort of heralds it like, as like, you've never read anything like this before. And now I've read tons of things like it. And I think it was just, it was way ahead of its time. I also credit a lot of this issue with Steve Ditko because I've heard that he liked the Peter Parker heavy issues. Oh, interesting. And
1: that's, yeah, this is a Peter heavy Spider-Man light issue. Uh, Anyway, it's great. I can't wait to get into it. I'm really excited that we're doing it. And, um, and I was just so excited rereading it today, and I, I've always loved this comic. So this is issue yeah. 18. Yeah, yeah. I just reread it like an four ago, and uh, it was like, ooh, so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but Before we dive into this issue, Kevin, uh, don't we do a couple other segments first? We have like seven or eight segments before yeah, we get to the I actual
0: comic, right? Sometimes we forget the order of these, and I'm not— even one hundred percent sure now what the order of these segments are, but uh, do we have any slick podcast Pretty news? Yeah, real slick of me to slide these segments all around. Um, the podcast news: we have
1: a new um, cover, we have a new uh, i iTunes art image that I'm uploading soon, and we also recorded a new promo. Yep. Who knows? where that's playing i have to actually make a small change to that and then it'll go oh so we don't have a new promo Ugh. no but it's but it's like just on the verge of getting out there oh man be, that's be, exciting be, for people this, be on
0: the lookout for a new promo yeah people are excited about our promos that's big news for you um, Yeah, it's huge uh, spider-man news uh Invin- uh avengers infinity war is out and you saw it i saw it yeah um so today we're recording this on sunday night So I saw Mm -hmm. it Thursday night, opening night, because a friend of mine bought tickets and emailed me, I don't see movies opening night anymore. He's emailed me and said, Hey, I have an extra ticket. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And I said yes before realizing how busy my week was and how yeah. often I was not home to help yeah. my wife raise my child. And I still said Ready. yes. And I don't regret <laughs> it. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going oh, cool. to spoil anything about it because I, I think okay. it hasn't been out enough for people listening to it other than to say I really like Spider Man in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone who listened to our movie one knows I have some issues with Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, he's a little less ah oh, gosh look at all these guys and a little more getting stuff done. Okay, so, so I like, you like that. that. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate his costume. Hate it with a passion of a thousand wow, sun. Good heavens. But uh, that's all I'll say about it. It's good. You should see the movie if you like these Marvel movies. Um,
1: okay. I, I, one spoiler free question. Sure. Are the Avengers in the
0: movie? Hmm. How can I answer that without spoiling <laughs> it? <laughs> um, there is some people who try to avenge some things. <laughs>
1: That's all I need to know. Yeah. Say no more.
0: Don't say anything else. Um, about an hour into the movie, I turned to the guy I was sitting next to him and I just said, this is a lot of movie. <laughs> and, and that's sort of my review. It's just a lot of movie. Okay. A more exciting movie might be the producers and writers trying to figure out how to make this all work.
1: Yeah. Just just the, the bulletin board with all the storylines pinned and up also there like And also like
0: the actor that. schedules and stuff. Just like every part of it must have just been like a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Um, so that, well, I can't wait to... Yeah, see it. Um,
0: what's our next segment? Cover? Do we go right no, to let's the talk cover? Talk about the cover, and this is a That's good, good cover, cover, Will. Ooh, I agree. This is a really good cover. I think since we started Massive. talking about covers, this might be the best cover. I agree.
1: It is a. It is both an accurate depiction of what's inside. It's a really good drawing. Like it's just good to look at. It's exciting. It's different. It's really cool. Yeah. Describe what you see, Will. So it's a picture of, um, in the background. So it's a cityscape of New York. It's like a back alley of New York. And in the background of the photo, we see the Sandman wreaking havoc. He's like just tearing through the streets and there's people running amok, but that's in the background. In the foreground, we see Spider-Man crouching in fear behind like some wood and newspaper hiding as if he's scared of the Sandman.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's the foreground that Spider-Man being cowardly is the foreground and like the action is all sort of relegated to just like, uh, in the corner and like a, a back I mean it's pretty clear but it's definitely your eye is drawn to Spider-Man first and the and the action second.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. It looks like there's like a zombie apocalypse going on in the background. That's not what's happening. But that that yeah, level same looks as the top like,
0: of a car.
1: People are running around. Yeah. So uh and the title of this issue on the cover is The End of Spider-Man. Really good Stan Lee hyperbole right there.
0: Yeah. Uh, be, be prepared for countless surprises in this issue. Yeah. Uh, As also promised.
1: Many times Stan Lee is like, this issue is different. Different than anything you've read before. But I think he's right on this one. I think they deliver.
0: Yeah. And, and I wonder sometimes what Stan Lee thinks of these issues. Like if he, I think sometimes when he says it's different or kind of comments on that, he's sort of embarrassed. Yeah. He's apologizing for something. And he's like, oh, it took a while to get to the action this time. Yeah, he's
1: really conscious over like when the first fight is and like when the hero does something fun. And if it doesn't happen fast, he like apologizes to you, the reader, for it. And it, yeah, it feels like sometimes, oh,
0: maybe the artist wanted it that way and Stan Lee's kind of throwing him under a bus. Yeah, but this one doesn't feel that way to me, even though I think it's because most of it happens on the cover and the first, uh, the splash page and the last page mm-hmm. and not really in between. It doesn't keep getting back to the fact that like, wow, can you believe this? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, great cover. Um. Yeah. And I think I already know we did these segments out of order because we usually do cover first and then those other segments. Mm. So, it's like a teaser for what we're about to talk about. We but we're going it. right into the issue we now. We blew it. Let's get right into
1: the issue. So, our spot, this is a great splash page. It, yeah. it is um, a big picture of J. Jonah Jameson gleefully pointing at the reader. He is smiling big and
0: happy, which he only does when Spider Man has been humiliated. Yeah, I love this splash page. This is another, the cover st- is very memorable to me. And this is also very memorable to me. Yeah, it's like this. It's like Jonah's smile. Yeah, Jonah's big smile. Behind him, there's like a, uh,
1: the background of the panel is a huge newspaper where their headline is, Spider-Man, a coward flees in terror. And then sort of like, Breaking through the newspaper is Spider-Man running away from the Green Goblin, right? Which and is was ha- saying is what something happened
0: in the previous issue, right? Right. The previous issue, Spider-Man was fighting Green Goblin and got a phone call that Aunt May was sick, so he ran off to check on Aunt May. And it looks like he's a coward. So the whole all of New York City thinks Spidey is a coward. Yeah, but I love what Jonah is saying here because I don't believe this is true. Yeah, uh, he goes, I told them Spider-Man was a heel, a cowardly quitter. That's never been what he no. said. He says he's just like an he said, said he's devil. like a showboat yeah. or a criminal. Yeah. But, you know, it uh, doesn't matter. Jonah said he was a bad guy and he's right. There's no because a coward is a bad We guy.
1: as we've said many times there's there is no sin greater in the Marvel Comics universe than being a coward. Like, whenever anybody seems to be running away from anything in these Stan Lee stories, everybody criticizes that person. And so Spider-Man appearing to run away from the Green Goblin, I mean, he really did run away from him, but seeming to run away from him in fear, the whole city turns on Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Did you enjoy the credits commentary this time. I love these. I'm going to read them. Written
1: by Stan Lee, author of The Fantastic Four. Illustrated by Steve Ditko, illustrator of Doctor Strange. Lettered by Sam Rosen letterer of patsy walker
0: (laughs) yeah that's what it says pretty funny sort of a dig at their own comic patsy walker some people probably really enjoy marvel stalwart she's she's
1: been with the company longer than spider-man and they're really they're really throwing her aside here
0: hey hey, um i'm gonna pause this for a second uh i do remember a segment we skipped okay
1: what else is going on at the marvel universe oh yeah let's go back
0: to that segment hold this segment go back to that one what do we got uh, we have uh, Tales of Suspense number 59, mm-hmm. where Captain America joins as a co-feature with Iron Man. Oh, so Cap has his own monthly spot now. That's right. Last month, we had the Hulk join Tales to Astonish, mm-hmm. and now we have Captain America in Tales of Suspense. Uh, this is the last kind of big news for a little while, basically until like the Avengers lineup changes that I know of. I don't think there's anything really big coming up for a have while. The X-Men
1: started? But this is a big X-Men one. X-Men have started, yes. X-Men
0: are but, like issue eight at this yeah, point. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Marvel, the original Marvel Universe is sort of largely in place right now. The first generation Marvel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There have been new characters that pop up once in a while in stories yeah, new villains. that you may or may not be familiar with. Like, I think uh, Wonder Man may have been pretty recently. He may have been like an issue ago or two issues ago. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to some people. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's nothing like big, uh, ch- big changes at this point for a little while. They're kind of getting into a status quo. Okay. Yeah.
1: Back to the comic at hand. Back to the issue. So, Kevin, the first page of this comic is basically
0: showing that the whole city has turned
1: on Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh the superheroes have turned on him. The supervillains are mad they didn't defeat him.
1: Yep, we see yeah, we see a little montage of the vi- all the Spidey's villains either Green Goblin is celebrating that he made him run away and all the other villains are mad they didn't do it. We see the Fantastic 4 and the Avengers and Daredevil all wondering
0: what's wrong with Spider-Man. Yeah, but they're all convinced he's a coward. Human uh, Torch maybe has the most doubt. Yeah, he was like, I, he's like, I, if I hadn't seen him run away with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. But everyone else believes it without seeing. Yep. It. And uh, you know, Tor- Torch and, and the
1: Wasps sort of hate them. Yeah, the wa- the Wasp in the Avengers really has it out for Spidey. Wasps and spiders she are says, natural I, I, enemies, so I can't honestly say I'm sorry for him. <laughs> Jeez, Wasp, He's not even
0: sorry for
1: him. Yeah. Um, And then the people on the streets of New York City, uh, they have all turned on him.
0: Yep. And they're all giving credit to J. Jonah Jameson for always knowing he was sort of
1: a bum. Spider-Man was just a coward like all bullies. Apparently, Jameson was smarter than we thought. And then we cut to a TV screen and Jameson is all smiles, crapping on Spider-Man on television. You don't see a lot of newspaper publishers these days. On television, talking about the front page editorial they wrote. But in this world, it happens.
0: (laughs) Jonah does it all throughout this issue. He's constantly on TV talking about how smart he is. But then on page two, we see what Spider-Man's
1: really up to. And he is in his Peter Parker secret identity, caring for his sick Aunt May.
0: Yeah. Uh, He's giving her medicine, uh, wheeling her around in a wheelchair. Uh, and can only go to school when the neighbor comes to take care of Aunt May. Yep. Mrs. Watkins comes over and then
1: he runs the school. He's barely paying attention to his studies and he runs right home. And
0: Watkins is a mistake. It's uh, Anna Watson, actually. This is uh, Mary Jane's aunt. Yeah, it should be Watson. Uh, They're not big on... Throughout this issue, they refer to her as Watkins, but she is for sure Watson. They refer to her niece at some point in this issue and later on, she looks just like this um, when she is Mary Jane's aunt.
1: Yeah, that's a mistake. The typos that we've seen over these issues are really fun. At one point... in issue three Dr. Octopus calls Spider Man Superman. That's a big one.
0: Yeah, Peter is called Peter Palmer for an entire story. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. So, yeah. and then last issue, we had uh, uh, Liz Allen's dad called Mr. Brandt. That's right. Hey, they were Mr. Allen. they were
1: putting these issues out in a hurry. They can't be expected to get all the facts right. And there's one guy editing all the books. So,
0: yeah, who's also writing them, co writing. Yes. So, writing the dialogue, yeah, yeah. Where all the typos exist is in his work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, Peter is just like stressed out, and and one of the main subplots, or I guess plots, is that uh, they're broke and he can barely afford the medicine that Aunt May needs to get better. So, he is stressing about how he's going to make money.
0: And the main way he made money was taking photos of himself as Spider Man, which he's not doing now because he's taking care of his Aunt May. Yep,
1: page three, we see this, oh, go
0: ahead. The students also are not giving up on it, like the students are. Ripping into him still. Yep, making fun of him. All the even though they have, know his aunt is sick.
1: Yeah, they really, they really make fun of Peter uh, constantly. Like when he's running away to go home to take care for her. Which, by the way, that Ditko has drawn. He's drawn. He's running it like a like he's crossing a football field.
0: Yeah, full speed. His his blue jacket is flapping in the wind. Yeah, one of the
1: high school students says, "I never saw Puny Parker run so fast."
0: Yeah, and the other guy says he probably heard of a big sale on textbooks somewhere. These high school kids really Which, make fun of somebody for reading a lot. Yeah. yeah, and also like later on, they talk about his aunt being sick, so they know why he's running. <laughs> yeah, they also know his uncle died recently. <laughs> these <laughs> they are the, give him a day. These are the, give him. Give him a couple days. These are the cruelest high school students that I've ever seen.
1: Um, This is like the Pearl Jam's Jeremy video to make a current reference.
0: Yeah. But while this is all going on, Flash Thompson is still talking up Spider-Man. He still thinks Spider-Man's a hero.
1: Yeah. I tell you, if Spidey ran away from the Green Goblin, he had a good reason. It's crazy how much he stands up for him. It makes me love Flash.
0: Yeah. It's the best uh, feature of Flash in these early stories. Uh, And Peter is even always warmed by it.
1: Uh, we see that Liz Allen is um, still trying to charm Peter Parker. Liz Allen, the prettiest, most popular girl in high school who's recently got a crush on Peter.
0: Yeah, she invites him out to see a Peter Sellers movie at the drive-in. Yeah, I wonder what Peter, movie that Like is. lies about what he's doing instead of just saying, like I'm taking care of my sick aunt that you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, he's like, but I have something to do later on. See, I think in a way he's stringing Liz along. He He's still trying to, he, he likes the attention. That's how I'm reading into dude, it. What
0: a dog, what a dog.
1: But he's a player. So, uh, but now Peter has to make money. So we see him in his Spider-Man outfit, Um, goes to Ace Picture Company. Yep, yep, heard of it. And he, he web swings by the window, sees a dude working at a drawing board, and Spider-Man says, are you the ones who make those kids trading cards with pictures of sports stars and actor on them? And they go, Guy's response is so funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hey, who wants to know? Oh, (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Pretty casual about a dude just hanging by his window. Uh, This is a really funny sequence. Spider-Man is offering himself to be, give him exclusive contract for them to make trading cards of him.
0: Yeah, Spider-Man does like flips and walks along the ceiling and the guy doesn't even look at him. (laughs)
1: And he just blows smoke in Spider-Man's face. It's kind of an homage to the Tobey Maguire, Kristen Dunst kiss scene from the end of the original oh, Spider-Man yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. You, but it's just a guy find this a little romantic. It's a little romantic, yeah. He's just, but he's blowing smoke in an upside-down Spider-Man's face.
0: Yeah, he's like a fancy Dan of trading card guys. He's just blowing smoke as sort of a power move. He Look, young fella, face it. You're washed up. A has been. I couldn't give any pictures of you away. Now blow, huh? I'm busy. <laughs> I mean, he's been a
1: coward for like three days. (laughs) This dude is like, there's no way I can make money on this supernatural
0: phenomenon. That's right. Then
1: Spidey Uh, sees a jewel heist underway and his first instinct is to break it up. But then he doesn't.
0: Yeah, he's worried that if he gets hurt or caught or something happens to him, no one will be there to take care of Aunt May. So he just goes into a phone booth and calls the police. It's,
1: it's kind of a funny sequence.
0: He's standing in a phone booth holding a payphone. Hello, police. I'd like to report a
1: crime. Some men are trying <laughs> to break into a jewelry store at the corner of 47th. Uh, no, I'd rather not mention my name. Just a private citizen trying to do his duty. That's okay. You're welcome. Like it's yeah. sort of very funnily like not that heroic.
0: Yeah, he could also say, I'm Peter Parker. Yeah, he is a real human being. Uh, he gets home to see the doctor who uh, is concerned that Aunt May needs to keep taking the medicine that Peter can't afford. Yep, more, more financial pressure. Uh, Jonah um, is still beaming at the bugle. Yep, um, we get some uh, we get some good Jonah
1: as a cheapskate jokes here.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Because uh, he hears about Peter's sick aunt and he offers to do something really generous for them. And he uh, says, send, send her an, a, send her a get well card. <laughs> that's his generous gift. And then the little follow up, Kevin, say that I love that. Oh, uh, but don't seal the envelope. You can send it for a penny cheaper that way. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I guess that's true. I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that's true anymore. But. Man, that's funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, and kind of what's going on that I sort of skimmed by is that uh, Betty is sort of giving Peter the cold shoulder because last issue, she caught him talking to Liz Allen.
1: Yeah, Betty Brand, who's Peter's girlfriend, but they've had a lot of trouble because Peter's often not available because he's secretly fighting crime. Betty also doesn't like Spider-Man because she associates it with her murdered brother. <laughs> um, so they have trouble. But then last issue, Betty saw Peter basically just being talked to by Liz Allen. and That was enough for her to like tell him to screw off.
0: Yeah, but at a place where Peter did not invite her to go, so she thinks yeah. he was trying to hang out with her, and he just can't tell her the yeah. truth because it's just too confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another funny thing is here is the employees of J. Jonah Jameson are all, they don't like him when he's happy because it's confusing. Yeah, there's three panels of just different employees not liking his smile. Yeah. Uh, one I guy would one- become his... As- Go there ahead. you go. There
1: you go. Uh, I wish he'd become his grouchy old self again. At least we understood him that way.
0: Yeah. First time I ever saw him smile. It's a sickening sight. <laughs> And <laughs> Another guy um, thinks, he reminds me of a tiger who's just made a kill.
1: It's so funny. Yeah. um, Jonah Jameson, greatest character in Marvel history.
0: But he, he is, is just beaming in every panel we see him in. It's so, so funny.
1: Uh, then we cut back home. Peter's home and, and Aunt May is uh, safe, sound asleep. He tries to call Betty, but she won't answer the phone because she's been hurt too much.
0: Yeah, so Peter takes the time to remember the Spider-Man
1: annual that we reviewed
0: a few issues ago.
1: Because he risked his life to save her in that issue. Yeah, um,
0: but also I think to sell more issues of that annual.
1: Yeah, it gives us like a look at all the crazy battles that went down in the in the annual. Um, uh, Peter turns on the news, and this is really funny. In the very short time since he has run away from the Green Goblin, which I think was like two days ago. Yeah,
0: so recent. Um,
1: the TV news says... Our last news item, J. Jonah Jameson, famous newspaper publisher, has been awarded the Good Citizenship Medal for his continuing editorials against the discredited Spider-Man. Yeah. How many... So he's gotten an award for, sh- for shitting on Spider-Man. Yeah. Everyone hates Spider-Man so much. It's, it's always so fun. I mean, it's good for the story, but it's always to me so funny, like just how quickly everybody turns on Peter and craps on him. But you know, I want to say something like, I know this is obvious, but like that, I'm making fun of it because it's so heightened. But I, when I was a kid and still, I love it. It's like, it's like an emotional fable Especially when you're a teenager and a young teenager, you do feel like that if you do one thing wrong, everybody turns on you. You know what I mean? That you can't do anything right. Like this was a revolutionary comic for how well it hit the emotional feelings of like a 12 or 13 year old. Um, I don't
0: say like in today's day and age, like social media, people do swing wildly for certain people. Yeah. Uh, Your fortunes can change in two directions very, very quickly. You can be a heel one day and a hero the next and back
1: Um, Peter on the street sees Betty outside of the, um, Daily Bugle building, but she doesn't want to talk to him.
0: Yeah. And then he sees Jonah who just sort of, uh, being very friendly to Peter. Uh, Peter thanks him for the card. Uh, yeah, it's just, Jonah's just having the time of his life and it <laughs> bugs Peter to see Jonah so happy.
1: Yeah. Uh, then Peter as Spider-Man goes to a paste factory to try to sell his webbing formula for money.
0: Yeah. Cause it's not just a uh, super sticky. It can, it's also super strong. He shows it by holding up like a cast iron block that is super heavy. He holds it up with like a thin strand of his webbing. Like that is an amazing invention.
1: And they're super. And remember he invented that in one night. Uh, yeah. Back in Amazing. The fantasy same night 50. he made his costume. Yeah, big night for Peter Parker. But uh, the webbing fades. It's because it's designed to dissolve after a little bit. So it dissolves. And then the scientists are like, well, we can't use that if it dissolves. And they're immediately yeah. mad
0: at him. They're mad at him for wasting their time. They storm him off. Uh, they're like, if you can make it last, they don't even want, like, it wouldn't even, like, they should be like, well, give us that chemical. We might be able to improve it.
1: Yeah. We're the paste company. We're experts in this. Instead, they're just like, but- we can't sell an adhesive that gets weak after a while. You just wasted our time.
0: Yeah. They're like, if you can fix it, bring it back. Otherwise, we're not interested. Uh, and he doesn't have time for that. It'll take him months to figure out that little hook. And uh, he doesn't have months. He needs medicine now.
1: Yep. So he swings away from there in frustration and then he, by just dumb luck, he stumbles onto the Sandman.
0: Right. Sandman, one of his more vicious foes.
1: Yeah, Sandman, who has got one of the crazier powers of just being able to turn himself into sand and shape
0: change. Um, yeah, and has like concrete fists when he wants them.
1: Um, th- So he challenges Spider-Man to a fight and Spider-Man doesn't want to put himself in danger and he says to Sandman, hold it. This isn't
0: the time or the place. And he runs away. Yeah, he runs. Like, there's pages of him just running from Sandman uh, and the whole city yelling at him as he runs away. Even though like a camera crew comes out to film Spider-Man being a coward. Um, Yeah, there's a person on the street going, Jameson was right. You're scared,
1: Spider-Man. You're afraid of your own shadow. There's There's a little kid. kid Yeah, a little kid screams at him. He goes, Boo, Spider-Man! I'll bet my kid's sister could beat you up. Somebody else says he was probably a phony from the start. (laughs) Man, you better not be a coward in this Manhattan. they turn on you.
0: These people aren't nervous about the Sandman racing through the streets. They gotta stand their ground to make fun of Spider-Man.
1: J. Jonah Jameson has to be there and he's so happy to see Spider-Man run away. Did you see Spider-Man revealed in all his delicious cowardice? (laughs) That's a great line. Yeah. And Spider- now we see the cover shot where Spider-Man's hiding in a back alley and Spider-Man and Sandman kind of gives up and runs away. Spidey turns back into Peter Parker.
0: Right. And then the Sandman stumbles upon Peter Parker. Peter Parker is terrified.
1: Yeah. Hey, Punk, did you see that spineless Spider-Man run past here?
0: <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. He must have gone in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if that just was a normal person, that'd be a weird conversation to have. Um, but then he goes home to see his Aunt May and once again remarks how they're almost out of medicine. Um,
1: Yeah, then another page just of people crapping on Spider-Man. I mean, they're really building up the drama here. We see J. Jonah Jameson on TV. There's footage of Spidey running away from Sandman. The Human Torch
0: has had it. Like, he can't believe that Spidey's a coward. This is a great moment. This is the moment where the Human Torch decides, Now, I don't think it's true, even though I saw it with my own eyes. He goes, why would a fella who risked his life a dozen times against the toughest odds suddenly turn yellow? Remember, I've seen him in action, and he's one of the best. Reed sort of dispassionately agree, you know,
1: Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, cold-hearted scientist, sort of dispassionately agrees with him.
0: That's right. Uh, and the torch just flames on, ignites into flames and flies out the window.
1: Yep. And a human torch goes into the sky and he kind of flame writes the message, Spider-Man, meet me at our last meeting place which i remember reading this as a kid and being like oh what's their last meeting place because i had not read strange tales which is what torch is referring to.
0: Yeah there's a little caption here that says he's referring to something from strange tales annual 2 uh and it's the top of the Statue of Liberty.
1: Yeah so torch goes there to wait. Peter sees the message but can't leave his aunt May alone so is the torch is there and this alone. This becomes
0: their meeting place for years. Like still to this day i think like writers love to bring this up as like where they go to meet.
1: I love that uh, the the friendship of Spidey Man and the Human Spidey Man, Spider Man and the Human Torch, <laughs> Spidey, Spidey Man and the Humie Torch, Spidey Man and Humi Torch is like really fun. I mean, I yeah. just really always root for it. There's such. And also, I just want to say, like, what you were talking about Infinity War before. Like the Marvel movies, there's been so many of them now, and they will often have like characters appear in each other's movies, and they'll sometimes mm-hmm. make references to things that happen in the movies. And I'll hear people complain, it's like, oh, it's like you got to watch all these movies to know what's going on. But that was always the experience reading the comics too like marvel was not shy about like crossovers and making you feel left out for not buying all of their mags
0: yeah i mean they wanted you to dig out and find their other ones but i also always found that exciting to know like i mean unless like it takes away from the story like not knowing that they met on top of the statue of liberty in a story i've read didn't hurt the story at all it just made me go oh there's even other adventures they've had yeah i love it it always just intrigued me more I I love it. Yeah, the
1: the world being small with all the superheroes knowing each other was the coolest. Uh, Back at Peter's High School, Flash Thompson is still standing up for spider They they are sort of like, this is kind of a redundant issue. I, I really enjoy it, but I can see where Stan Lee's a little worried, like... They're kind of just ratcheting up the tension of Peter being a quitter, you know?
0: Yeah, we just see like Flash having to fight louder and louder against the crowds and Spider-Man being shown to be more and more of a coward and Aunt May getting sicker and sicker and Betty blowing Peter off more and more. That's all this issue is. It's just more of that.
1: Yeah, and so that is kind of not traditional for your for a Marvel comic story at this time. Here's but, something kind of weird. Flash in a desperate attempt to redeem Spider-Man does a thing he's tried before.
0: Yeah, he dresses up as Spider-Man. This time not to make a gag on Peter, but to go like fight crime to redeem Spider-Man's name.
1: Like he'll become Spider-Man if Spider-Man's not doing it himself.
0: And I love the way he's drawn in this issue. Like last time we saw Flash dressed as Spider-Man, he just basically looked like Spider-Man, but this time like yeah. the suit doesn't quite fit him as well. He's like a little bulky. The The clothing is sort of bunched up in certain areas. It looks like a Peter guy Peter. wearing a costume.
1: Yeah. And, and Peter is kind of lean and muscular like a swimmer and Flash Thompson is like, you know, a big football player. So he does look like kind of more broad-shouldered and bulky here.
0: Yeah. which like is Ditko's
1: making, making him look different.
0: Yeah. And I, I really love that. Uh, and Flash just gets... Uh, the tar beaten out of him.
1: Yeah, he he does find some people robbing a car, which is sort of, I guess, lucky. Uh, and then he challenges them, and he's his boxing stanch looks weak, and they just beat the crap out of him right away.
0: Yeah, they're not sure it's Spider Man or a Spider Man has lost his powers or what's going on, but they just pummel him.
1: Yep. The cops find a beaten up Spider Man. Oh, they they the, the cops intervene and they and they do catch the guys. Yeah. So, so I guess Flash Thompson did it. He like he um
0: he delayed he got these guys caught. Yeah. Uh, but Flash is in no shape uh, to do that again. And later at school, Uh, Flash has got a dark black eye and sort of snaps at Peter because he thinks Peter's going to make fun of him.
1: Yeah, Peter walks up to him with the intention of convincing him to not dress up as Spider-Man anymore. flash got a big black eye and just snaps at him. Go ahead and gloat. Tell me I made a fool of myself. Tell me you think Spider-Man's a big zero too. You would.
0: Yeah, and then... uh, you know, Peter feels bad for Flash, was walking home, and he sees Betty Brandt on a date. Ooh. <laughs> yep, she's on a date with another guy. This, no more waiting for Peter to get his act together. This is the beginning of, the of Be- Peter and Betty. I mean, it's it's a long, drawn-out thing. I don't think they even break up during Ditko's era completely. But this is, you know, she ends up with Ned Leeds. Uh, spoiler alert. And this is Ned Leeds. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, what can I say? Betty and Peter weren't meant for each other. She can't handle the adventure and drama in Peter's life. Yeah, so
0: she dates Ned Leeds, who for a little while is framed as the Hobgoblin.
1: <laughs> um, so Peter's had it. He goes home. Aunt May says she's feeling better. And Peter just decides he's going to quit being Spider-Man. And he throws his costume in the
0: trash. Yeah, Spider-Man is no help. He just should forget about it and just focus on Aunt May, which makes sense based on everything we've read in this issue.
1: You know, this is also like something that Stan Lee does pretty well, I think, like, Uh, You know, we we make fun of Stan Lee for his kind of like showy hyperbole, although we love it also. But he, he is a good storyteller and I like his dialogue. Uh, of when Peter's quitting, you know, like, um, I'll settle down like everyone else. I should have done this long ago, but I was too conceited. I enjoyed being Spider-Man. maybe feel like something special. What a laugh that turned out to be. Uh, there's something sort of subtle and smart about that kind of self-hatred, you know? Like, he's punishing himself that he even ever wanted to do it, that it was selfish.
0: And I like that he's sort of admitting to himself, like, he's not just doing it to save people. Like, he does like it. He complains yeah. about it all the time, but he likes being Spider-Man. And so he's just, it's self-indulgent. His job is to be
1: here at home. And that's what he's going to do. And he throws throws the costume in the trash.
0: He goes downstairs and
1: Aunt May is walking around, not in the wheelchair is, anymore. And this is like one of the best moments in all Spider-Man comics, definitely of the Ditko run. and something you and I have talked about a lot. It just, it, it really lands to, so strong. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't you take
0: us through it? Uh, so he comes downstairs. Aunt May is walking around. He tries to get her to sit down. Uh, she says, nonsense. I know when I'm feeling better. You don't want to make me an invalid. You don't want to make an invalid of me. Do you? Uh, and Peter's just like, yeah, but I'm just so worried about you basically. And then Aunt May gives him sort of a Peter's uh, aren't quitters pep talk. The, the mother of all, Parker's aren't, uh, quitters. Uh, do you want to read that? Yeah, (laughs) she shuts
1: him down. Yeah. I'll, I'll start it. You finish it. It's like, no buts
0: about it. Now you listen to me, Peter Parker. And then she gets into it. Yeah. Even though I'm an old woman, I'm not a quitter. A person needs gumption, the will to live, to fight. You mustn't worry about me so much, Peter, dear. We Parkers are, t- are tougher than people think. And this yeah, is from and a it's woman like, who has been almost dead three times in the last <laughs> she, She's been almost dead three times. And this
1: is a huge turn. Like she's mostly portrayed as a frail, like sweater knitting, tea drinking, you know, for a joke. Like this kind of like oblivious old woman that has no idea her nephew is... Um uh, a superhero. So yeah. this, this is this this is kind of the expansion of Aunt May into a bigger character. Yeah, not long ago she was a charmed by Dr. Octopus. <laughs> yeah, she's she's always portrayed as being kind of out of it and sort of but now we kind of take a second look at her. It's like, no, she's an old woman. She's she raised either her, I guess her her brother-in-law's child, um and Uh, And her husband was murdered and she is, she doesn't give up. And it's it's one of those, it's one of those turns that, well, this is different than we've seen in her, but you know what? It retroactively makes sense. It makes her cooler.
0: Yeah. I mean, her Um, life is not, if you don't know that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, her life is way harder than Peter Parker's. Yeah. She's trying to get him through high school and into college and just have his, she doesn't want to ruin his life just because her husband died. And his parents died and she's all he has left.
1: And she's old. And, she, and she's always happy and she doesn't give up on him and she loves him.
0: And she knows and it's he's just, not it's, popular and he's not liked.
1: Yeah. She's trying to set him up with Mary Jane Watson, for heaven's sakes. There's a complete babe who lives next door and she's almost got a date with it. Got a date set up.
0: Uh, And right here, she Um, sort of gives Peter Parker a pep talk he hasn't gotten since the Human Torch gave him one in issue three. Yeah. It's kind of a tough love talk. It's kind of like, get over yourself. Get, Uh, you know, yeah, don't give up. And the doctor sort of seconds it. He's like, yeah, she's better now. She (laughs) is such a strong willed woman. She's better. She doesn't need medicine anymore. So that saves, that solves the money problem. And Peter goes and this, up. Yeah, go.
1: This This changes, this This is the solution that Peter wanted. It wasn't a villain that needed defeating. It wasn't uh, J. Jonah Jameson harassing him. It was just sort of like confidence or the freedom to believe in yourself or something like that. It's sort of like the end of Rocky 1 or The Incredibles or something.
0: Yeah, the smile Peter has on his face on page 21, panel 4 is great. He just looks so happy that his Aunt May is better.
1: He's so relieved. Then he looks at the newspaper. There's another story from J. Jonah Jameson uh, making fun of him, and he crumbles it up in anger. Yep. Uh, this is a great Steve Ditko moment. This I, You know, who knows whether Stanley or Steve Ditko architect this story, but the good guy being fed up with evil and deciding he's going to take care of things
0: feels very Steve Ditko to me. Yeah, he pulls out his costume out of the garbage. He rips open the, the bag he had put it in. There's a shadow of him getting dressed And then basically a two-thirds of the page is just him in costume, clutching this torn-up newspaper, uh, ready to go back into action. Contrasted with Flash Thompson a couple
1: pages ago, wearing the costume, holding up his fist and looking weak and uncertain, this Spider-Man in his costume, fist clenched, looks like ready to take on the world. Yeah,
0: and that's the end of the story. He doesn't fight anyone.
1: Yeah, he goes, I'll fight as I've never fought before. Nothing will stop me now, for I know at last that I am a man... Who can't change his destiny? And I was born to be Spider-Man. Oof! It's a great, a great little melodramatic ending speed. I mean, it fires me up for the next issue so much.
0: Yeah, uh, it must have been a crazy issue to get back in the day. Where like last issue, Spider-Man was fighting Green Goblin, and the Human Torch was fighting. And this issue, he doesn't fight any- or beat anyone. It's all build up for a fight next issue. Yeah, not even against the Green Goblin. Like he doesn't yeah. get back at the Green Goblin. It's just sort of like him, like he's just back in action now.
1: Yeah, he just he just announces his presence with authority. Uh, it's it's a great one.
0: Yeah. It's I just one it. of the, it's one, one of the all time great issues. And I was sort of t- 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 talking about this before, but I do think like nowadays there are a lot of comics like this where it's like, oh, this issue, the superheroes just don't fight anybody. It's all build up or set up yeah. or, or, or it's just about their personal lives sometimes. Yeah, or, I feel like that
1: would happen in the X-Men a lot in the 80s. Like Chris Claremont would have issues where it was just sort of like melodrama, you know, like Kitty Pride and Colossus having a relationship problem and Storm feeling conflicted over whether she should go back to her people or something like that.
0: Yeah. And there'd be some like, uh, arbitrary action of them like using their powers, but not necessarily a superhero, super villain fight. And that was in this issue. Yeah. It just feels like, oh yeah, this is what the middle story uh, of comics would feel like now.
1: I mean, the what makes the, a great character in comic books, and this was so true of all the Marvel heroes of the 60s, is you take their powers away and they're still interesting people. And um, this is basically a Peter Parker story, not a Spider-Man story. Uh-huh. And it's a good one. Oh man, is it good.
0: I love this one. I mean, the Aunt May speech... Uh, we always talk about it, as you said, because uh, there's something really crazy about Peter getting a pep talk from the person he's trying to protect. Yeah. He's trying to keep her safe and take care of her. And she's like, you don't need to take care of me. You know, we can take care of ourselves. And that's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, uh, I'm there for her, but I don't need to. If I'm gone, she'll be fine. And if she's gone, I'll be fine. Like life goes on.
1: Yeah. It's a great one. Can't wait for next issue.
0: Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Next issue is not quite as fun as this one, I think, even though it's got a lot more action in it, Uh, but it is Mm -hmm. a fun Mm -hmm. capper, uh, particularly for the J. Jonah Jameson come down.
1: Love it. Yeah. Can't wait. Should we give it our awards? Yeah, let's do it. So what's your favorite panel? I mean, my God, there's
0: Um, there's a lot of good panels. I'm going to go with Flash Chompson getting beat up which is page 17, panel four. Yeah. He's getting punched and the mask is sort of askew. You can see where his eyes are versus where the lenses of the mask are. Yeah, his so arms are sort of uh, trying to block the punches. I really love yeah, the way yeah. that's drawn. I just love the way this costume doesn't fit him properly.
1: Uh, it's it's masterful. I, I love that choice. Um, What's yours? What's yours? Okay, it's, uh, this is, the story makes this panel good. The drawing itself is maybe unremarkable, but final page, third panel, second to last panel, where he's in silhouette, throwing his costume back on with enthusiasm is like just such a release of, you know, him accepting his role that he's been resisting the whole story. I just love it. So it's really a a combination of story
0: and art. This is the second time you've picked, uh, I think, a panel of Spider-Man putting on his costume, something that I historically always love. The brothers are switching their roles. Yeah. Maybe Maybe I'm going to start becoming more slick. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you're the slick one now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm slick.
0: Uh, so well, that's my pick. What What's your uh, dialogue? Uh, I think I read it out loud already. I enjoyed the card, uh, the card makers, uh, tell off to Spider-Man. back <laughs> on page, uh, uh, what was it? So five. You know, look, young yeah. fella, face it, you're washed up, has been. I couldn't give any pictures of you away. Now blow, huh? i
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a funny little Well, thing. I'm going to, I'm going to make the easy choice. I'm going to say the Parker's aren't quitter speech. You know what I mean? Like I've thought about it for years and years. I got to give it. I've picked. I've picked ridiculous Stan Lee dialogue so many times, and I think he nails it. In an earnest way, so well here, I got yeah. it, uh, I'm, I would give the Academy Award for screenwriting to this panel. We keep
0: calling it "Parkers aren't quitters," but I guess the actual line is uh, "We Parkers are tougher than people think." Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Yeah, Parkers. Did she say "Parkers aren't quitters" at some point later? I don't know. Uh, I f- feel like I should. Where we have a podcast yeah. on this topic, and it seems like I think we should. know, yeah. but I don't. It's. I mean, she it's says kind of like
1: played against Sam. Yeah, she's like, like, like your your brain condenses the dialogue to something. Yeah,
0: she says I'm not a quitter. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to call the Parker's on quitter speech, and that's my choice. Yeah, it's still
0: great. Um, What's your highlight? Um, I mean, that could be my highlight. I'm going to leave it for you. Okay. That, I will pick that as my highlight. Uh, I think that is the highlight of the issue. But I also really just love the moment when the Human Torch decides, no, Spider-Man's not a coward and, and flies off to go find Spider-Man. He isn't able to find Spider-Man. But I just love the idea that at least one person in this story goes, this doesn't make any sense. He can't be a coward. Yeah. I've thought about it, and he's not. Yeah. Uh, what's your low light? My low light is probably, I mean, I could just pick, as always, Betty blowing Peter off again. She's blowing him off, knowing his aunt is on is on her deathbed again. She feels so mm-hmm. cruel. But she's mad, I guess. And I'm sort of tired of picking Betty Brant plots as my low light. So I guess I'll have to pick the amount of people in the city that turn on him. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the the panel where everyone is yelling at him as Sandman chases him through the streets is ridiculous. <laughs> they yeah. should be hiding. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm going to pick, I, this is one of those issues where there's basically no low light. Yeah. I tore through it. I think everything works. There's nothing that really stands out. But since I have to pick something, I'm going to pick the kind of gratuitous plug of the annual when they just take four or five yeah. panels to draw things from the end. Like, we don't need it. We, that, I don't think that added anything. And so I'll say that's a low
0: light. It definitely is a low light. Uh, uh, but I agree with what you're saying. Like nothing in this issue slowed down my read of it. This was an issue that I zipped through. It savored every yeah. panel, even even though as we were just recapping it, we're like, "Oh, the same thing just happens over and over again." It didn't bother me at all reading it.
1: I uh, I did notice it when I was rereading it. I did not. Yeah, this is a great one. This is just a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame issue. Um, what's, uh, what's our next segment? Do we juggling? I can't remember the segment. <laughs> maybe it... you do reader mail.
0: Okay. reader or mail. So just as always, uh, if you want to email us, it's screw at gmail.com. Uh, that's mm-hmm. also, you can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at screw it, spidey on Instagram. We post lots yep. of panels, uh, from the issues. I'm a little behind right now, but, uh, for the most part, that's what's going on on that Instagram. Um,
1: yeah, if you have any opinions that we're not saying, if we're missing something, or if we get something wrong, let us know. Um, or just remind you of other things in Spider-Man history that are that are kind of interesting. We love we love talking Spider-Man. I will also so, say
0: that so. a lot of people have a. Uh, um, uh, been giving us reviews on iTunes or Apple podcasts or whatever it's called now. It's very flattering stuff. I don't know if you've read any of it, Will.
1: I haven't. I don't like to read my reviews. It affects me too much as an artist. No,
0: it's all good stuff. Uh, people are talking just about uh, how much they love, uh, uh, going back through these issues with us. And they, uh, one of the things they compliment us on is that we are talking about just us remembering reading them as kids. People really enjoy hearing about that. Ooh, which is good yeah. i didn't know if that would be enjoyable to anyone other than you indulgent and me. or good yeah, yeah. Uh, but p- yeah. some people seem to enjoy that aspect of it uh hopefully we we'll don't do a, we'll do an all memory episode <laughs> i mean hopefully point. we're not overdoing it but like so much of this is just us going oh yeah no, i remember really being nice. wowed by this
1: yeah i uh, that's really nice to hear and anybody who takes the time to write a review it's So appreciated. That's really generous and thank you.
0: But anyway, uh, our email, screwitspidey at gmail.com. I'm going to read two. We literally just got an email while I was looking these up right now. So I haven't read that one yet, but I'm going to read two other ones. Uh, This is from Noah Ray. He had just listened to the podcast episode where we talked about movies. Okay. Um, And he said... when we talked about our Spider-Man movie and we envisioned maybe the Green Goblin as a villain in a sequel, mm-hmm. he's asking about our hypothetical Spider-Man trilogy. Would yes. we have had Gwen Stacy be the love interest? And if so, would we have killed her? Great question. Oh, tough question. Yeah. And I, here's my answer. I, and I, I'm not sure of this. My answer would be no, we, I wouldn't kill her if she was in it. Mm-hmm. I think like these movies uh, are aimed for not just kids, uh, but but not adults. And I think introducing a character and killing a character, uh, darkens Spider-Man too fast. It works better in a long running serial, but I feel like yeah. it would just, it's just too much. His uncle dies. That's enough. Yeah. It's such a dark beginning. Uh, it's what a great question. I might I, not even have her as a love interest. I might just do. Yeah, Mary I think that's, Jen. I
1: think that my answer is I, I, the only reason to introduce her, unfortunately is to kill her. I mean, that's not totally true, but like in the scope of the Spider-Man comic series, that's what makes her stand out compared to Mary Jane or Betty Brant or other love interests. Yeah. Is that she's the tragic loss.
0: Or to create like a love triangle, which I don't have interest in. I feel like it is a little male... Focused? Have the guy get yeah. to choose between two beautiful women?
1: I think if I had her in there, I would. But my real my preference would be to not have her and just to focus on Mary Jane and make Mary Jane a bigger part of the story. I that often talk
0: about uh, the cartoon spectacular Spider Man that ran for a couple seasons, yes. and in that yeah, cartoon, yeah. I think they were building up to Gwen Stacy being a possible love interest. But Gwen Stacy mm-hmm. was sort of nerdier, uh, hadn't quite blossomed yet, and was like one of his best friends. That's a cool take. And yeah. Mary Jane was sort of the beautiful girl that was sort of out of reach, but sort of was very nice to Peter for no reason. But you and I know mm. it's because she knows he's Spider-Man. Um, that's right. And oh, so that, they yeah, sort that of makes
1: Gwen of more interesting. I, I love that. Yeah. You, you've complimented
0: that series many times. I got to watch it. There's lots of smart choices in it. Uh, I haven't rewatched it in a while. I hope it holds up. But anyway, uh, that was his question. Uh, he talks about watching. He got introduced to Spider-Man by his older brother, too. Hmm. So that's very nice. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is from John Davoli. Okay. Loves the podcast. Uh, he just, Mm -hmm. uh, he's a little behind. He's playing catch up. He says, he just saw the one about the annual and he asked, um, well, he says he wished we had sort of kept track. And we talked about this at one point, uh, first appearances of thing, like first appearance of Spider-Man having half his face look like Spider-Man or first appearance of, uh, uh, the spider sense squiggly lines, which we really (laughs) didn't keep track of. Something we had talked about and I think is a cool thing, but we didn't do it.
1: Yeah, a good idea. we agree that we screwed up.
0: <laughs> uh, then his uh, question to us is, what modern artist captures the spirit of Ditko's Spider-Man without completely Ooh. being derivative? Oh, man. Um, I,
1: I'm not equipped, I think, to answer and, this. And
0: this guy talks about, like, that Ditko's not necessarily his favorite. Uh, okay. uh, he doesn't love Ditko as much as we do. But that's a great so question to fans. ask, Ditko fans. And I've definitely not read every artist who's uh, uh, drawn Spider-Man. I weirdly think it's Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Defend your choice. Um, Well, I don't necessarily think Todd McFarlane is the best artist to follow Ditko on it. There's been so many great artists, but he definitely, his character faces were so distinctive. And I Mm -hmm. think that's such a big part of what I love about Ditko is that these faces are so expressive and interesting and just characters. And that is for sure true with Todd McFarlane. There's almost a little cartooniness to it. Yeah, and I think that feels very Ditko. Now, the action of McFarlane, I don't think was very Ditko-y, um, but I think, like, the faces were very Ditko-y, and his sort of exaggeration sort of feels like it is building off of Ditko. Yeah. Um, and definitely Todd McFarlane is more Ditko than Romita.
1: Yeah, Romita was way more, like, realistic than Ditko. Yeah. Um, I, I, I unfortunately don't know, uh, um... A lot of modern art looks so different than the 60s comics art that it's just yeah. its own. It's hard for me to compare them because they're, they're really, yeah. they're sort of we on were, different terms.
0: We are talking about the spirit of it, but I feel like a lot of my favorite current artists have worked on it. They're almost cleaner than Ditko. Like their art, like Marcos Martin did a, some great issues. His Spider-Man is just very clean and, and it's really cool. And, uh, um, but it doesn't have that sort of energy of Ditko. Yeah. Um, maybe the next closest to me would be an older artist, Sal Buscema. Yeah. I don't—I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong. He did spectacular Spider-Man for a while. And it was a very angular art style, and there's something yeah. about that that had sort of a, a an, an energy that reminded me of Ditko a little bit.
1: I, I don't have the knowledge that my brother has, or probably even uh, you have, John. But so from my limited—I'm going to say one of my favorite artists, Jaime Hernandez. He does the Love and Rockets comic book. Yeah. it's very Ditko influenced, and he's done a couple superhero issues recently just for fun, and they capture that that. that balance of being sort of like accurate anatomy wise, but still having kind of a bounciness and funness. So the spirit of it, yeah, that reminds me of it, but that might just be Uh, because I love both artists.
0: There was an artist, Scott McDaniel, who did a run on Nightwing, Mm -hmm. a character I love. Uh, And I thought his art definitely had a energy, especially the action sequences, Nightwing sort of bouncing up walls and flipping around, definitely evoked uh, a little bit of Ditko-ness. Scott McDaniel's art is a darker, moodier art style, but there's definitely something there too. But he never really did Spider-Man for very long, though he did do a weird Green Goblin series very briefly with a heroic green goblin.
1: Anybody who's like Um,
0: minimal. Sorry, go ahead. uh, That's all. And it was just, so Spider-Man was in there a little bit, but Scott McDaniel hadn't quite gotten as good as he would later. Like his, his Nightwing art was closer to what I would, uh, that I was a, reading and it felt like Spider-Man.
1: David Aha, who did the Hawkeye series that Matt Fraction wrote, kind of had a minimalist style that reminded me of Ditko. Also Annie Wu, yeah. who did other Hawkeye stuff. Like they both kind of have a sort of throwback I would style. Annie I
0: Wu had. feels Annie Wu f- feels closer to Ditko to me than uh Aha. Aha almost feels Two as a two, yeah. Uh, Masatelli yeah. is just great.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so Annie Wu maybe is somebody who, uh,
0: yeah.
1: I, I don't know if it's on, I don't think it's on purpose, but she, she reminds, it reminds me of
0: Ditko. We might, I'd love to get
1: her on here. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love, love to see her draw an issue of Spider-Man. Oh man. Can we get that to happen? Let's make that happen, people. Um, um, what's next? And I said we just got one more email, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So we're not going to go through that one. Just got it 40 minutes ago. So as we tease. started this podcast. A tease. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, How about for recommendations, Kevin? We skip recommendations and you talk about these old Ditko things you've been reading.
0: Okay, great. Um, So uh, uh, Will for Christmas got me a Ditko book. Uh, Do you remember the title of it? The Strange World of Steve Ditko? I don't remember. I I think it's something like that. Uh, And so I've been sort of slowly reading that. It's a giant tome of a book. So it's hard to... I can't take it on the train with me or sit in bed with it. So I've been very slowly reading it. But it made me really anxious to read more Ditko stuff that wasn't Spider-Man. And I've read a uh, Lion Sheriff is Dr Strange run as well. So I was like looking for something else. So I dug up um his old Blue Beetle comics mm. uh as well as his Creeper, Hawk and Dove, uh Speedball which is something he did uh I think in like the 80s, late 80 uh, early 90s maybe. Like maybe maybe late 80s. Um and, uh, one other thing, maybe that's everything. Uh, and so I dug up all those the only ones I've read so far, are the blue beetle ones, which has the question as a backup. Yeah. And they're very interesting to read because it's the superheroes he did right after Spider-Man. Right. And, uh, the blue beetle started as a backup. So it's like a seven page story in the back of captain Adam, which is drawn by Ditko, but I didn't really f- want to read. They didn't look that fun, but I read the blue beetle backups. And then I read the five blue beetle issues with a uh, question backups and they're great. Um, they're not nearly as good as Spider Man, but like the design is so cool. Like Blue Beetle's costume is really cool. The questions look is so cool. The trappings of these characters are very cool. Like their supporting cast is interesting. Hmm. The Blue Beetle ship is very interesting. Yeah. But then the stories don't quite hang together. Characters are revealed that I guess I'm supposed to know who they are, but I don't think I do. I don't think they're revealed in the issues I've read. Okay. And I doubt they're from other issues. I think they're just like, they didn't set these characters up well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Uh, characters make decisions uh, or like uh, relationships change in ways that aren't really set up. Uh, like a character that works for Blue Beetle, uh, whose name is Ted Cord, is in love with him at a certain point, but I don't hmm. think that was ever like foreshadowed or hinted at before. It was just like, here's my secretary. And then at some point it's like, Oh, and also we're in love with each other. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, that wasn't, there was no buildup for that. And that just doesn't happen in Spider-Man. Like the Betty Brant, Peter relationship builds so nicely yeah. and relatively realistically. Right. And that stuff does not happen. Right. Uh, so like the story is bumpier. Um, the colors are sort of more muted. The lettering is not nearly as good. Like the production value is clearly they just didn't have the money. It's just not as good. Right. But still there's something uh, with the design and the ideas that is so cool that it's like, oh, this would have been if Stan Lee was in charge of Blue Beetle and question with Ditko, I think they would have been even better. And they're pretty cool anyway. Yeah, it's it's so interesting
1: that when you have a great team to see what they do separate from each other, uh, you know, like I do a Beatles podcast and talking about what the Beatles would do on their own without each other is kind of a fascinating clue as to what they all contributed to each other's work. So seeing Ditko without Lee is really interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I devoured these five issues of Blue Beetle. Uh, The question backups maybe are even better. Uh, and I'm looking forward to reading the Creeper and Hawk and Dove uh, and Speedball, though I think those won't be as good. They're a little bit later on. And I think uh, uh, I think he, like his creeper run, I think is like four issues and Hawk and Dove is like an issue and a half before mm-hmm. he's sort of like off the comic yeah. just from like being unhappy. And Speedball, I think is just a more work for higher modern thing. But I remember reading some of those issues um, when they came out and still sort of loving them even though they yeah. were sort of way too old fashioned for the era. Yeah. But there's still a part of me that I don't think I knew, I don't think I connected that it was Ditko at the time. Right. But I think there was a part of me that was like, oh, this reminds me of those digests. So I like them a little bit more than I would have otherwise. And I can't wait to reread those and see how they hold up. But that'll be for a later podcast, I guess.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll do something in a later one. The question is really interesting. And I, you know, he, he he's the inspiration for Rorschach in The Watchmen.
0: Yeah. And, um, and Blue Beetle is the inspiration for Night Owl to some
1: extent. Yep. And um, anyway, I also think,
0: here's, here's the thing. I think Blue Beetle is, the, this Blue Beetle is an amazing character. Because the idea of him is there was an older Blue Beetle who had like superpowers. Yeah, he
1: had like a scarab that gave him like mystical powers.
0: Right. And so this Blue Beetle was with that Blue Beetle when he died. And when that Blue Beetle died, he basically asked Ted Kord to become the new Blue Beetle. But Ted Core didn't get the scarab. Right. So he didn't get the powers, but he still did it. He's like, well, I didn't get the powers, but I made a promise. And so he was like a scientist and he had money. So he like just made himself into a superhero anyway. Yeah. There's something really cool about that. Like, maybe be like, oh, Superman's dead. So I'm going to take over for him. And I'm just a guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't fight his super villains. Yeah. And the Blue Beetle sort of does that. Uh, and I think that's really interesting too. Both these characters have no superpowers, Blue Beetle in question. I think Ditko was way into normal humans. Yeah, he liked
1: vigilantes and like people taking the law in their own hands, basically. Yeah
0: that um, I don't think these are collected anywhere at least not currently in print unfortunately so I don't know how to recommend buying them but if you can get those five issues of Blue Beetle with the question backups I think they're a really great read <laughs> a really interesting read anyway not nearly as good as Spider-Man stuff we're talking about
1: yeah cool I'm gonna have to read them sometime I like it yeah uh, I think that's it for that's today it. Kevin great job pretty slick
0: um, yeah I thought I was pretty slick today, today. thanks <laughs> um, but you were pretty slick too just not as slick I don't know I that's I, why I appreciate the slicker that. of the Highland brothers.
1: You're the slicker one, yeah. You're you're, you're the highest in the pecking order of slickness. Um, Thank you. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, next issue, next episode, we're going to do issue 19. So uh, come on back and check it out. We'll finish up this arc. Yeah. Talk to you then, everyone. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're, we're just, just going to talk about, about Spider Man. Campfire.